Arctis? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, have another amazing week behind us. Yeah, week full, uh, filled with um, good food, fun memories, uh, odd holiday, uh, in contrast to last year and the years leading up to it. Yes. Never normal. No. Nothing normal about this year, but that's this year. Yeah. If you haven't figured it out yet, that's why this year is going to roll. It so, has to. Yep. You it, just deal with it and uh, figure that next year will be different again. Yes. And that makes memories a little bit easier. I think so, too. And you know, it makes also creating different memories. Because then you can look back and go, remember when dot, dot, dot? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to... And I was, I'm always amazed at guys that have done... like. They talked about a guy at Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago who had done 500 Monday Night Football games as the spotter in the booth with the color and play-by-play guy. Awesome. And I'm doing the math. Okay, you have, what, 16 Monday Night Football games a year. Okay. Now, to make that happen for 500 games? Are you kidding me? That means this guy's been doing this since the 60s. I mean, <laughs> I'm That's, jumping into the cal- uh, calculator and 32 years. Yeah. He's been the spotter <laughs> wow. in the booth for Monday Night Football, which is amazing stuff. Yeah. But what it says to me is at some point, they got to mush together, right? You'd think. And, and then, you know. There are moments. Yeah. Right? There, there are definitely moments that right. stick out. I mean, you've got the Joe, like the Joe Theismann moment. That sticks out, you know, if, if oh. pun intended. I mean, yeah. you, no, have you didn't have to go there. Different thing. I mean, but I just—it's a play on words. Sorry. Yes. Speaking of that, we're talking about travel and traveling and all that sort of stuff is our topic this week. And travel is an interesting thing because for you, travel has been for the most part long weekends. Yes. Filled to the brim. Yeah. Like you don't stop when you get your feet on the ground. That hotel room is more a place to store your bag yes than it is to actually sleep yes and then bam you're back out and doing it for all hours for all places in between right that's how travel works for you it does and a lot of that stems from um coming from the radio background where a lot of people don't know that it know this part about radio and it's not necessarily applicable to every radio personality in the country however it's a weird unknown fact that sometimes when a radio personality goes on vacation, their replacement is being sought out. So if you, if you <laughs> okay. don't go for too long, you don't allow said replacement to be sought out. And that was always my tip. My, my... And did this happen to you? Uh, yes, it did actually. Okay, you Inside went on vacation I went and on you vacation. came back and you did not have a gig. Did not have a job, but that was also my mm. own doing. Um, and that was in 2003 when I was in Sacramento. Okay. Uh, and, and prior to that, the last time that I was at, that I actually took a vacation, right, was two thousand. So Which was for what? What did you do in two thousand? Honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. So I, I, I have honestly. And where did wait is before you finish? Yeah. Where did you go? New York City. Okay, kind of a rough place for a honeymoon. It was awesome. I know, but how long were you there? Uh, we were there for a little over a week, about nine days. In New York City? Yeah. Wow, that's killing it. It was awesome. All right. Um, Yeah, so we were there for for about nine days in New York and um, saw that, you know, obviously get to see the World Trade Center before anything happened. Yeah, right. Like like everything before the the face of New York changed. And you brought me back one of the craziest, craziest momentum uh, things you've ever brought me. 
you brought me back a New York magnet that had the World Trade Tower and right next to it was a plane. I need to see that magnet. <laughs> it is creepy as hell. Wow. And yeah, that was one of the things that you brought back to me was in New York because we're doing the magnet thing and we'd, we'd go somewhere, we'd bring you a magnet. Yeah. Well, I hadn't been to New York City yet. And you're like, hey, I brought you a magnet. It's in the shape of an apple and it's got the New York skyline. And at the time, the World Trade Towers are there and right next to it is a plane. Freaky is. Wow. Thing. Anyway. All okay. Right. So welcome, by the way, it's welcome to episode number 93. Right. <laughs> number 93, 93. Something 93. along those lines. Yeah. Well, I've been, you know, the episode numbers have all been in relation to my favorite Oakland Raider players. So we did episode number 37. It was Lester Hayes. Lester we Hayes. 46. It was Todd Christensen. Okay. So... I, 93. 93. I, I can't even think of uh, what Oakland Raider player would be 93. I mean, yeah. if, if then... 99 was Sean Jones. Let's jump to episode okay. 91 then and make it uh, Dennis Rodman when he was on the Chicago Bulls. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. That's cool. That's a good number. As opposed to the 73 that he only wore for about 10 games in Dallas. In Dallas and Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, 20 games combined between the two cities. Right. Yeah. Not a good look. All right. Uh, so, so travel for you means basically getting somewhere, going hard. And you and I have traveled together yes. a number of different times. We've gone to Denver and we did that very thing. We got off the plane on a Saturday morning. We went to two ball games. Mm -hmm. We drank until they shut the bars down. We stumbled <laughs> we our way back. We drank a lot. Oh man. oh, man. I am so glad that we did not have digital photography and social media back then because that would not have been a good look. Okay, to, to back up on that real quick, uh, there was a camera involved. I remember taking a couple of photographs. You took a couple of photographs. <laughs> I, photographs were, were taken and documented, but okay. social media, on the other hand, wasn't what yeah. it is now. Yeah, I guess there was MySpace. Yeah, you know, that but, was pretty much so it. But the, the one, we didn't do it incessantly, and there weren't multiple platforms, mm -mm. and that wasn't a regular part of your existence. So the yeah, sisters. that's pretty much what we did in Denver: was we drank and we went to ball games, and we'd go to malls during the day two, to kind of walk off the night before. Two sisters, or something sisters, or or whatever it was. It was in the Soto area. Right. Two that was oh, that was the bar. Yeah, that was the bar we oh, went to. It was like it was Lord. lots of velvet. It was, I'm like, did something weird happen? Because <laughs> no. I, we cannot. Okay, all right. But there was lots of velvet. Um, lot. It was real dark inside, and that's where a lot of booze was consumed. Yes, yes. And then we did another one of those trips to Houston, mm -hmm. and that was really weird because <sighs> that Houston ballpark different than Denver. Denver, if you go to a ball game there, and hopefully we're allowed to go to ball games next year. Mm -hmm. It is a really cool setting because it's right on the edge of the scene where all these bars are at. And you can walk from one end of Soto, south downtown, down to the ballpark. Yes. And there's, it's all wrapped around all around it. And we've got it in our head going to Houston. It's going to be pretty much the same program. And it's not. It is far from that. There was basically two or three kind of hickish barbecue places mm -hmm. across the street. And other than that, it was on an island in the middle of the city. Like there's nothing else there. No. Anywhere near there. Next door, Toyota Center. Yeah. Or like across the street was the Toyota Center where the Rockets play. Right. And then there was, there's Minute Maid Park. But 
th that those it, it's like an oasis. Yeah, it, yeah. There's really nothing going on, so we just had a lot of beer at the games. Yeah, because there was nowhere else to go to after. It's like you couldn't even think about oh, what's next. Even we we've been to games in the Bay Area, going to what's now I don't know what do they call it Oracle. Uh, it was AT and T. It was oh, SBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's Oracle. Uh, right there, there's a whole bunch of restaurants mm -hmm. close by or, or bars and whatnot to enjoy before you go into the game. But in Houston, it was a really weird experience. And the other part of that that I learned about you is you're not good with the crazy heat. <laughs> I'm horrible I mean, with the, heat. the crazy heat. And when we talk about crazy heat, and I've done some, some travels to crazy heat, is anything that adds humidity is crazy heat to me. It could be 65 degrees outside, but if it's crazy ass humid, you're like, oh, no, I, I gotta go back inside. This is just too much. It was awful. And I remember <laughs> vividly getting like, when we were looking for a parking spot after, cause you, you pull up to the hotel and they said, oh, the, the parking lot's across the way. You just park there, park, come in here, bring your ticket, we'll validate, et cetera. So we do that. And the moment we get out of the car, I'm like, what the hell? And <laughs> It, it like immediately felt like somebody was, and it, it, it was to the degree, the nth degree of the words, it felt like somebody was sitting on my chest, making it impossible, like very difficult mm -hmm. to breathe because of the humidity being roughly like 90% or, or whatever it was. It and, was warm. And we were there in like the second week of July, like July 7th or 8th. Yeah, it was warm. It was, it was miserably warm. Awful. But now, see, I kind of, I kind of dig that because I know we can leave. The heat? The heat and the humidity. Sure. Like it's got a, it's got such a weird sense to it, such a different feel than what we're used to out here. Out here, when it's hot and you step into the shade, it's different. Yeah. And when you step into the shade, when it's uh, humid like that, it's still hot. It's yeah. just not beating the sun on you. And so those kind of places, I, I kind of take in stride. I'm like, okay, this is a little crazy, but we'll be out of it in not that long a time. Mm -hmm. What's funny is I remember the first time in my life I experienced humidity. We went to Hawaii when I was like in the fifth grade. Okay. And you get off the plane in Honolulu before you jump to one of the islands that you're going to, right? Okay. And there's always that little crack between the plane and the actual gangplank to the to the back to the terminal, right? Oh, the thing that, that connects to the plane, yeah, the, like exactly. the little galley or whatever yeah, it is. That's a kitchen, but okay. that's okay. But something it's that you, like a plank. Yeah, yeah, you walk up like is. a tunnel or whatever. Gangplank, okay. again. Anyway, but the air was streaming down from outside into because I hadn't completely closed that because it was beautiful outside. There wasn't, there was no need to cover up the sunshine or anything like that. Okay. And I remember feeling like, who turned on a hairdryer? What is going on here? It's like so incredibly hot, just blasting on me. I'm like, oh. And then in the Hawaii airport, you can actually go outside while you're inside security. And I remember going outside, I'm like, this is so weird. It's humid and everything's just sticky and sweaty. I'm like, all right, this is Hawaii. And it was such a, it's so different feeling. And it's that way every day. When you <laughs> feel Hawaii. the air, that's what throws me off. Yeah. And even when I lived in Sacramento on, on uh, two different occasions. Yeah, they have some heat. <clears throat> Excuse they me. They have yeah, some pretty beastly days. They have the, the heat, but they also have in the winter, like you can feel the cold air there. Yeah. And it's, it's as if like a cold blanket has just decided to wrap itself around you. And you're like, this cold moisture, this, this 
air sucks. Oh, that's when the humidity is on the wrong side of things. Yes. Like when it's, I remember going down there for a shoot and you're living downtown and going downtown, waiting to catch up with you, sitting outside, I'm like, God, it's 50 degrees outside? Why does it feel like it's freezing? Mm -hmm. Oh, because it's also 40% humidity or 50% hum It's just wet, cold. Yeah. Oh, this is not fun. Okay, not enjoying no, and it's funny because like down there, that's all part of traveling. Though it's it's part of traveling, but they like the the locals. They're used to it. Like it's yeah. nothing to them. The way the way the heat is nothing to us here in Nevada. So yeah. you know when it's like eighty five, ninety, and people are like, oh my god, it's so hot. You're like, it's summer. Yeah, <laughs> eat it up, people, because it's going to be cold in a few months. Yes, and that's the way it works here. And when you go to other places, you you have that different sensation. All right. So when we have traveled, mm -hmm. you're always kind of. Uh, you're funny in airports because you're like, it's all shiny things to you. <laughs> There's so many things that as many times as you've been in an airport, it seems as though it's your first time every time, which is <laughs> endearing. And yet I've watched you so many times. Oh my God, you got to come over here. They're selling the same thing they sell in every airport. It just happens to have that city's name on it. <laughs> Okay, and you're kind of an amazing <laughs> child that way. To be yet. fair, to be fair, it when when we were in Nashville in 2007, all right, and we we're flying back. I remember we we're <laughs> when we were BNA and get about to get on the when we got on the plane, uh, a world-renowned country music artist Marty Stewart got on our plane and walked by us, and I watch him walk. I'm like. <laughs> And I look, I'm like, did you see that it was? You're, and you kind of gave me a look like, I have no idea. I'm like, that was Marty Stewart. You're like, okay. Still have no idea. Yeah. That and so I said, I need to get his photograph. I need to get a picture. I need to get like autograph something. Like, I don't know when I'm going to see him again. You said, do it when we're in Vegas. Because we were going Nashville, Vegas, Reno on right. the way back. Sure. And sure enough, um, our flight was late to take off or something held us up. And... Our plane in Vegas was was short on time. Uh, we so had to hustle. We yeah. had to boogie. That's right. And then once, like, as we're starting to get off the plane, I'm waiting for Marty Stewart, and you're like, dude, we got to go. I said, Greg, you said, we need to go. And I, like, I all of a sudden see Marty Stewart, and I'm ready to get everything done. He goes the opposite direction that we were headed. You're like, dude, now. <laughs> okay. So we get over to just the... Just missing a plane is not worth the picture with Marty Stewart, I'm and, just going to say. And then we get, we get over to the gate, and all of a sudden it's just like... Our flight was now delayed to Reno. Oh, and oh, that's right. And, and you had no idea, like no, like and right as you because you saw it before me, and all of a sudden I turned, you turned to look at me. I went, "What?" And you just kind of gave me a look, and I look at the t time, and I went, "Delayed." I look back at you, and you kind of gave me the, "Sorry, buddy." I was like, "Oh," <laughs> but. Yeah, and be, but that was the thing we didn't know. No, we. I mean, it was just we had to it, hustle. Yeah, and you're, all you're thinking about is you've got that next connection, and you only had an hour and forty minutes, and mm -hmm. the first flight was an hour and a half or hour and twenty minutes late, and now you're thinking, oh, you got to get from one. T and Vegas is kind of screwy at yes. times if you got to get on one. Anyway, have that's you, all part of traveling. Have you experienced any of that, um, like uh, rushing to another flight when traveling oh, yeah. internationally? Oh man. So because you've flown to a number of different countries, right. so I'm, I'm, my goal, I think, in the next year or so, as long as things keep <laughs> go back to normal, I can fill up the rest of my passport. That's how much I've traveled. Awesome. Which is yeah, really cool. There's 24 pages. You have a visa coming in and out, visa stamp coming in and out, 
and I'm on the last couple of pages and it's kind of like a little challenge with my mom of going to place and sometimes it means going to like Guatemala which I did for a day because I went to see ruins. I wasn't there a whole week or anything like that. I was there for a day. So I got an extra couple of stamps for one day. So you can kind of cheat the system if you go in certain places. But I have hustled to planes, like where things, where you're running, and there's certain things that you cannot get away with. Like when you go through immigration services where mm -hmm. they check your passport and they ask you where are you going to be staying and how long are you going to be there and are you there on business or are you here for pleasure and all that sort of stuff. And you just look at them very straight face. You give one word answers and you hope that no big red lights come on and you can keep moving. Okay. Right? But sometimes, yeah, you're hustling. And when I came back from Brazil and Uruguay years ago, we had to go through Dallas. And you go from Argent we went from Buenos Aires to Dallas, Dallas to Reno. Okay. And we're already 40 hours into our travels from our original place in Uruguay because there's a volcano going on. We had to spend the night. So then we had to rebook all of our tickets to get on this flight and our group got split up into three different places. Oh, so man. we had some guys go through Miami and then Dallas, then Reno. We went, we got better set up. So we get into Buenos Aires and the crew has to wait a specific amount of time before they can get on the next plane okay. because of uh, FAA rules, right? The, the guidelines. Well, they're sitting there like looking at their watch like, Okay, now we can get on the plane. Well, now what was supposed to be a three-hour layover is now a 45-minute layover, and we have to go through immigration and, uh, and all of those things, get our bags, recheck our bags, and then, oh, by the way, it's in Dallas. you got to get on one of those trams, go around the airport, and jump off of it. I, I called it the, the, uh, the young OJ. I blast through the Dallas airport, bang on the, on the thing, and they opened the door back for me because I banged on it because it was that late. Wow. That's how close and that's how fast. I mean, you can't do it. And we did Dallas with immigration in less than 40 minutes. That is super fortuitous because I was in a similar situation flying back from Austin to Phoenix to Reno on the way back from a music convention. And our flight was 45 minutes late leaving the gate in Austin. Okay. Which then now puts oh yeah everything gets tight puts everything in a screwball mess when by the time we get to phoenix anyone who's traveled through sky harbor knows the gates are not close they're about as close as pluto oh. and mercury well if you're gates you mean terminals terminals getting, excuse yeah me. getting from ones yeah you gotta hustle because right. those planes back up to each other it's not like yeah and so the only way you can speed that up is getting on that people mover and like, you know, laying some shoulders into people. Even so, our, our flight came in, it's like gate like B5, and we were leaving out of A16. <laughs> and again, if you know the Sky Harbor layout, you know that layout sucks. So we, like by the time I'm off the plane, I am doing exactly what you just said. Young OJ, although me at this point, I'm mid-40s OJ, <laughs> and I'm hustling. And I'm booking it through the airport, but I've got two um, messenger bags on me that weigh a fair amount because because oh, you got computers, I've got carry-ons, yeah, yeah, you got your stuff. And I'm going. I'm make, I'm I'm on the 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 moving walkways. I'm not on the moving walkways. But I by the time I all of a sudden I get to the gate, I see the plane backing out, and the woman looks at me and she said, uh, "What flight are you here for?" And I point out the window. I go, 
that one right there. And she said, I'm sorry, it's going to be a little bit of, uh, I'm I'm sorry, you missed the flight or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. You'll have to go to customer service. I go to customer service. I get there and they said, you know, well, we can move you to the next flight. And I said, when is the next flight? They go, the next flight is at noon. It was like 8.40 a.m. I go, the next flight's at noon. And, and they said, you can hang out and do this, that, and the other. And so now, uh, because I was tired, um, hungover, and <laughs> I was a little impatient, I raised my voice, but in a stern, not, uh, not a Chad or Karen manner. And I said, so you're with other people watching. You're telling me I'm supposed to hang out in this airport for X amount of hours and find something to do until your plane can take me home. And like even the coworkers, the ladies' coworkers kind of looked over at me. And right as I made eye contact with them, whoop, they looked away. And she was trying to do everything she could to say, cool. I just said, you know what? Put me on the four o'clock flight or whatever it is. I'll make it happen. I went, grabbed a beer, collected my thoughts. All of a sudden, I see two Southwest employees. Excuse me. And I asked them, where's their terminal? They said, we're up here. Or where's your, your is it terminal? Yeah. And I, I said, where's your terminal? They said, we're over here. I said, great. Do you have any flights to Reno? They said, we do. I actually have one coming up in about an hour. I said, thank you. That's all I need. All right. I wound up buying a $375 one-way ticket. ticket. Oh, the old counter purchase. I didn't care. I needed to be home. But here's why I needed to be home. It's because I had family dinner plans with you, your uh, wife, your son, and sure, your daughter. Sure, this comes back to me. No, all no. Right, I was not going to miss family dinner. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, so in Phoenix is one of my greatest screw-ups in travel ever. Oh, man. So I'm coming back from Mexico. We are doing the House Detective Mexico edition at the okay. time. So I'm coming back from Puerto Vallarta, and we had a layover in Phoenix for like six hours. Good and Lord. it happened to be NASCAR weekend in Phoenix, which is kind of chaotic there. Yes. But, all right, not, not the end of the world. Well, thinking six hours, I'm going to grab a rental car because the rental thing, you just get on a shuttle, you go to the rental thing and there's all the different cars. Yes. And I'm gonna take it to where I know there's a driving range. I'm gonna get some golf balls for a couple hours. Then I'll come back, I'll have some dinner, I'll get on the plane. Go to the rental car place and they're like, yeah, it's gonna be $150 for those six hours to rent a car. And I'm like, Jesus, that's that's most of a car payment. Right. For, for like a, I mean, a, a crazy small car. And they're like, yeah, sorry, but it's NASCAR week and everything that we've got is out, so it's gonna be really expensive. So I get back on the shuttle, I go back to the uh, airport, sit around and have something to eat. I go on that main concourse where all the stores are at in the middle of Phoenix there. I decide, okay, it's late enough, let's go back to the thing. Well, in the meantime, I'd gotten word that my plane had been delayed another hour. So now I'm I'm really not in a hurry. Now I'm at like five and a half hours of sitting around and I get to the thing and the, the lady at the, at the checkpoint going through security looks at my ticket and she goes, this plane just left. Oh no. <laughs> and I go, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, yeah, this plane just left. So I go to the gate and sure enough, it says Reno departed. And I'm standing there with a half a dozen, dozen people. And everybody's looking at me, I'm looking at them like, what just happened? I thought this thing was delayed for yet another hour. And they're like, oh yeah, those boards don't always Coincide? Yeah, coincide with what's actually going on. You have to be at the gate to actually know what's going on. Those are put on by the city of of Phoenix, not by the airlines. Unbelievable. And I'm like, are you for real? Is this real? And she's like, yeah. So I go to, I think I was on American, go to the American counter, and I go, 
so it looks like I missed my flight that you said wasn't going to be leaving for another hour as according to the screen. She goes, oh yeah, that happens on occasion. So we're just going to have to put you up. Oh good. I have nothing with me. I mean, I don't even have a hairbrush with me. Okay. So no what toiletries. Are we do? No toilet. So they, they give me the basic of toiletries. I can brush my teeth, but I have no clothes to wear in the morning. Okay. So what do we do? We take off all of the clothes and put them on one side of the bed because they put me up in some funky hotel in the middle of town. Okay. And I show back up at the airport the next morning. I have no hairbrush. And my hair at the time was much longer and it is much larger. I am well over six feet with this haircut <laughs> that morning. So I go in and I find the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl leftover hats that are now much discounted and I buy my only ever Oklahoma Sooners Fiesta Bowl hat <laughs> to put on so that it's not completely chaotic and it just barely fits over the head to uh, to get on the plane. Amazing. And leave the next morning after missing my own plane sit while sitting in the airport. Yeah, I did that. Wow. I, I've since gotten better with travel and fortunately technology helps. Now we get messages to our phone or sure. you get texts or you, you get the stuff from the app or whatever and that's made things way better. But yeah, back in the day, I missed the plane sitting in the Phoenix airport, having dinner, listening to music, watching a movie on, yeah, while sitting there. Oh well, it happened. Wow. There was a radio convention that I went to in 17 and the convention was in uh, Kentucky. Do you want to give I, a little press for... What I just kind opened, of opened swig a, your... what is referred to as a tall boy. Oh. 24 ounces of deliciousness. This can of Montucky. Oh. Yep. Miserable. Mm -hmm. Miserable. I don't know how you drink that stuff, but okay. I Good love it. You. Okay. So, I, and, and as you did that, I'm like, oh, I got to hang on to that beer for the story. So we do the, um, we do the trip to, to Kentucky. And when we're doing the trip to Kentucky, um, the, the, we had, it was Reno, Midway, um, Lexington. Oh, okay. I think Lexington. Uh, no, Louisville. Okay. Thank you. Going to Louisville. So we get into uh, the bat. So, yeah, exactly. Louisville bats. Okay. So we make it up to um, we, we make it up to uh, we get to Midway. And then as, as we're in Midway, um, next thing you know, he does. Uh, we are on the plane. And um, as we're on the plane, we go to um, kind of just like, you know, wait and wait and wait. And suddenly, like, as we're starting to taxi on the runway, I get a notification on my phone and it said, Cook County expecting, expecting a lightning storm, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is not good. We need to get this plane off the ground. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, this is your captain speaking and we are uh, going to be delayed. Uh, we'll be sitting on the runway for a minute. We try to get back and this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so it is what it is. And um, as we're starting to like wait, now I'm listening to music and I fall asleep on the plane uncomfortably. And then all of a sudden I wake up. I'm like, as I wake up uncomfortable, I'm like, what am I listening to? And why are we still on the runway? And what the hell's going on? This is your captain speaking and we'll be taking off and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we're the only plane to have clearance. So let's get seated. I'm like, let's make this happen. So now we get on the plane and we go to take off and everything is done. And as we're, uh, as we're talking, um, we're starting to take off. I was like, here we go. And we're doing our thing. And as we're doing our thing and taking off, I was like, oh, this is great. The plane's taking off and I'm looking down at Navy Pier. And I was like, ah, ha, ha, this is really awesome. What is that? And suddenly it's like Zeus is sitting now upstairs going, ooh, there's an airplane. Let me take, 
Let, let me take lightning and start throwing it down from the sky. Awesome. And some like lightning's coming down from the sky. I'm going, well, I mean, like Michigan's right there. So if nothing else, like we'll land in the lake if That's we get hit. Thing. No, yeah. it's not. And so I was terrified about all this. And, and so uh, there, therein lies my thing. I finally made it to my radio convention two and a half hours behind schedule, but got there and everything was good. Lightning storms from airplanes can be cool, though. Oh, they were amazing. Yeah. And terrifying. I've I've actually videoed it when I was working doing the, the fishing show. I've videotaped a lightning storm that we shot taking up out of taking off out of Denver. We're above it, right? Awesome. So I'm thinking, God, this is great footage. I mean, it is just pounding away. The, kind of like the lightning storm you and I watched when we were in Denver one night, just from our hotel room. Yeah. We just watched it. Just It was just a light show, just going back and forth. So I'm thinking, what can I do with this amazing lightning footage? Oh, I'll use it for when I'm in Columbia many years later, and I need lightning to be above when we're talking about rain when we're in this little camp in Columbia. So it can be a good thing as Awesome. Well. So that is an editing trick, by the way. Yes. So we're in Denver, flying up to Canada. Okay. Talking about lightning and all that sort of stuff. And sure enough, one of those summertime lightning storms comes rolling in, and we are on a plane. I am one of seven other passengers on this plane going into <laughs> to Fort McMurray, direct from Denver. Were you on like a puddle jumper or? No, this was a pretty good sized plane, and there's seven of us on there. Okay. So we go from an itty bitty little gate, and it's a two and two, right? Two on each side of the aisle, not a 737, it's a little bit smaller than that, but anyway. And so we start trucking along, and we're trucking along, and because there's only seven of us on the plane, and they've of course put us all together. Yeah, why not? We start commentating on what's going on around <laughs> us between the rain and the lightning, and, I'm, and I make the genius comment of, man, we keep going, we might as well just drive to Fort McMurray. Going along. And we get the thing, we have to return to the gate now. Really, what happened there? So we returned to the gate. Well, we had taxied so long that they had decided that we might be too low on fuel and that they actually had to refuel us because we had sat waiting for the lightning storm to go while the plane was running. Oh. Then we taxied for, literally for like 25, 30 minutes waiting for things to clear up, I guess. I don't know how that works. Huh. I didn't know Denver's that big. And then they decide, oh no, we don't have enough gas to get home, so they gotta bring us back to the gate and we start over with the whole process. That sucked. And that Wow. <laughs> we literally ran out of gas after I made the genius comment of, oh, we could just drive there. Yeah, I won't be saying that one again. So to segue <laughs> on top of, uh, segue yeah. from that to another trip that uh, I took, it was a, it was a, a trip that I took to LA. And, <clears throat> excuse me, as I, I was down in L.A. with friends, I uh, was coming back, so I had to go L.A., Oakland, Reno. And on the way back to Reno... You know uh, they have direct flights from L.A. They did. They have non-stops, they have directs, they have the whole nine. But, but the, you're going through. Okay. I couldn't, I didn't pay for the flight. Oh. There yeah. we go. So there. I right. suggested it, but they were like, oh, we can do this, any other, it's cheaper. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so they booked the flight. One time's not money. Right. And then we get, as, as we're flying back... Sure enough, coming back into Reno, we were in one of those weird, um, uh, um, like, Poganip kind of moments where the clouds won't lift. We could take off from the airport, but you can't land because you don't know, like, oh. the, the fog and the right. clouds and everything. So the atmosphere is so thick. 
Or it could be an icy runway or whatever. Something. Okay, sure. So we circle and circle and circle above, and finally someone I'm sitting next to, they're like, why don't we just land in Sacramento? I go, because they can't, They for whatever reason, they won't land planes in Sacramento and then take off from Sacramento over to Reno. Yeah. It's an FAA thing, It whatever it is. Whatever, yeah. Anyway. So we finally make our way. Uh, we have to we have to fly back to Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I have to be on the air on the radio at 3 p.m. It's now like as the plane is starting to land, it's around 1120 in the morning. I landing back in Oakland. And this is after taxiing or circling whatever Reno for almost two hours. Yeah. Finally, we land back in Oakland, get everything done, and I'm like... An Oakland to Reno flight that takes four hours. Yeah. Okay. It should be a 50-minute flight. Yes. And it was a disaster. So I, like you, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to be better off driving. And that's what I had to do. So I hoofed it over to the rental car counter, got whatever car was fastest, literally broke the sound barrier on my own from Oakland to Reno and made it in in three hours in five minutes from Oakland to Reno. Wow. I ran into the studio with my boss at the time. She looked at me, she goes, wow, nice of you to make it. And I go, you have no idea. She goes, you have 17 seconds before your first break. <laughs> and there it was. Wow. Yeah. That's back in the days of true live radio, yes. which would have been a good time. Absolutely. Wow. So I'm coming out of a song and you've got to get that break on. Whereas now it would actually be cute to do a phone in thing. Hey, it's Chris. I'm on my way to the show. I'll be there in a few minutes. Enjoy such and such. That actually, um, can that be the segue for uh, radio tricks? Okay. For the, for the next episode? Okay. We All can right. do radio tricks. Radio tricks. That'll be mostly on you because... No. You had you you had to have had your fair share. Of- oh yeah, I did a couple of things. That okay, were probably not <laughs> FCC compliant. But Are good right. with time or do? do yeah, we're have- doing well. Okay, we're doing very well. All right, so tell me about tell me about a country you've traveled to that um, say for instance my my bucket list the number one country on my bucket list is the United Kingdom. I know you want to. You want to go because that's where Def Leppard's from. That's where Def Le- Sheffield uh, and and this uh, my one of my all-time favorite punk rock bands, GBH. They're right. from the United Kingdom. Uh, Discharge is another one of my favorite punk rock bands. Like all the a lot of the music that I grew up on and loved sure. all hails from the United Kingdom. Okay, Saxon and all that. So that's why I ask, like, what is it that I'm missing in the United Kingdom or other other surrounding countries? See, what's funny about that is. When you say that's where you want to go and you'd be excited to go there because they're from there, unless you like go and drive up to the house that they grew up in mm-hmm. or first practiced in a shed in or something, you'd be like, oh, all right, that's cute. And that's the end of that day. I mean, so there's so much more to it, whether it's food, whether it's just cultural things, historical things, seeing something as silly as Stonehenge. Okay. Where you're like, really? Rocks on top of rocks? And then you realize, damn, those are some big rocks. Yeah. And I did that way back when. Then you kind of have a new appreciation for it, I guess. Some people look at it and they say, those are rocks on top of rocks. I really don't get it. Uh, so I don't, I, I can't really tell you what you would or would not be missing other than being immersed in a culture that is so completely different than what we are in. And that's what I love about traveling. That's why I like going anywhere that is so completely different than here. And that may be New York City, because I'm sorry, New York City is nothing like Reno, Nevada. No, not at all. It is just completely different. And there is 
almost no nook of Reno, Nevada that reminds me of New York City. Correct. It's just that simple. You can't find a bar. You can't find a drink. You can't find a street corner that you say, oh, yeah, this, no, they're not the same. Mm-mm. And there's, and it's that way wherever you go around the world where you're just immersed in something that is so different than what your day-to-day routine is. And sometimes that difference is the language. Oh, yeah. Where you go somewhere, like I was in Argentina, and I walked into a hotel and I said in my best terrible Spanish, I have a reservation and the last name is Newman in Spanish. And the lady looked at me and she said, why don't you just speak English? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Nice lesson learned. It reminds me of the scene in a movie called Waiting with Ryan Reynolds where he, uh, one of the co- one of his coworkers has to wait on a table of, uh, <laughs> of four uh, uh, foreign language people and one of them says, you know, do they think we, do, should we tell them that we can speak English? And the other said, no, let's not tell them at all. There you go. Right. It's that kind of thing. And sometimes, like when we were just in Columbia, this guy was telling us about how these people were just hissing at him and telling him all these bad words about these ugly American stuff and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, if people were telling us that, I'd have no idea because I don't speak that good of Spanish to know that people are swearing at True. me. And that's actually brilliant. I don't really want to know that. I just simply want to exist in my little wonderful bubble and think everybody around me likes me and that's that. Okay. Uh, as far as going places with the UK and something like that, the best part of that is there is no language barrier for the most part. Every so often somebody throws something at you and you're like, I have no idea what they just said. Slang. No, not so much slang as it's just a heavy accent. Okay. Um, I worked for a long time with this guy from Ireland and even his just speaking, I'd have to subtitle them in the editing because <laughs> he would say things and you'd be like, I don't know what he just said. So um, that happens. Uh, there's a Guy Ritchie movie with Brad Pitt um, <laughs> All right. Oh man, I just uh, slipped the title. Uh, Snatch, and there, there in wow. the movie. Uh, That's a deep call. There right. is a, there is an accent that Brad Pitt is using, like Cockney or something. In in sure, the accent is so like it's so thick and. Yeah, that's a deep, rich, backwoods. It's almost like a Southie Boston version of England. In essence. When you do that, sure. So so not having a language barrier when you travel is very helpful. For you, going somewhere in Central and South America, you'd blend right in. Because nobody would wonder whether or not you're from there unless you started wearing stuff that people were like, where did he get those shoes? I've never seen those shoes before. But for the most part, and that's actually helpful. It is kind of hard to go somewhere and not look like the woo, blaring, glowing American tourist walking down the street. Okay. Where, and I had that happen to me. I was with the family in San Francisco. Very innocuous trip. We're just walking down the street, and I realized our car's not here anymore. <laughs> hmm. Where has our car gone? And I'm looking around, looking around, and this super helpful guy from his salon walks out and with a very interesting accent says, is your car missing? And I said, it is. How did you know this? And he said, I watched it get towed. See, the sign says, don't park here from noon to four on every other Thursday of the blue moon of a month. 
And I'm like, oh, right, I just had my car towed. That's super awesome. He goes, here's my cell phone. That's the number you need to call. And he was awesome. He was super, super helpful. Amazing. So that's where our car was at. And we take this cab ride that was amazing. That was like being in a video game all by itself. Crazy taxi. Yeah. And I've got my then probably two or three-year-old daughter saying, Daddy, he's a really crazy driver all through the streets of San Francisco, (laughs) which is pretty awesome. But it's one of those moments. And before we got into the cab, I go, how did you know that that was our car? And he goes, your shoes. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, only tourists wear those shoes. And I go, thanks, good to know. And I came home and I threw them away. (laughs) (laughs) There was a trip that uh, a, a girlfriend at the time um, 2006, we drove down to San Francisco. Back to that real quick. Right. And we, she said, I said, we have to, let's just park here on this street. We'll go around the corner because that's where the war field is. <laughs> and that's where we're going to go watch 30 Seconds to Mars do a sound check and do all that. So we go watch the sound check, talk to the band, hang out. Everything's great. Life is fantastic. She goes, wow, now what? I go, let's go get a bite to eat before the show starts. She goes, cool. Well, next thing you know, as we're up around the corner, start walking, I'm like, Wow, there's a lot of traffic. There are a lot of cars moving. Wow, there are a lot of cars moving. She goes, where did you park? I go, right up here. And we keep walking and keep walking. Uh-oh. And suddenly I'm like, hey, wait, we were, uh, I think, uh, wait, we, and she goes, weren't we a block back there? I go, probably. <laughs> so we walked back to where we were. We stopped. And all of a sudden she points up at one of those signs. And she goes, um, honey, look, you're, you're, you're towed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. $250 later. Yeah. Not towed. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks for my car again. Yeah. Oh, that, man. That's one of those lessons learned of, okay, that really amazing parking space that I have a knack of getting. Absolutely. And I've gotten lots of really great parking spaces. Yes, you have. And that one paid me in the butt. That, yeah. That you, happens. And you and I refer to that as our Costanza parking magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> out there. And I've, I've had some incredible spots where I'm like... And I get out of the car, and now I do the, okay, let's look. Okay, we're good. That sign says that. And I'll triple check it. Oh, yeah. If I get an amazing spot, I'll make sure there's some reason that somebody just left. or uh, Yeah, it happens. But getting towed in San Francisco, it's like you haven't traveled unless you have that happen. And in the the towing place, I don't know if it was the same for you. but Oh, down by the uh, place station on 9th. Under the freeway. Yeah, by Bryant there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where they uh, go. That's where all the tourist cars go. Terrible. Yeah. That's all part of the program. But but traveling to me is about immersing yourself in a world that is different than home. That is what I try to go for, whether it's food and going somewhere and eating food you're not comfortable with. It may smell good. It may sound good. It may look amazing, but it's something that just has a little uncomfortable because it's not what you eat every day. And Cauliflower. I eat, I eat about the same six foods in my entire life. So okay. having something that's different, going to Costa Rica, yeah. there's a thing called the sodas in Costa Rica. And there are these little mom and pop run places. And you're like, really, we're going to eat here? And you're like, trust me. And it's going to be amazing. And it is every time. And that's all part of the, the allure of traveling. And I get excited thinking about, okay, one day soon we'll be able to travel again. And it may be just as silly as going, we go to Disney World with the kids through the years. Sure. And that is so different than our everyday life. And yes, it's overstimulating. And yes, it's Disney. And yes, they overdo everything. 
but it's different. And that's the beauty of traveling is it's a different from your everyday routine. And when you do the same thing every single day, every week, every year, a difference, that's the beauty of travel. That's the, the allure of it to me. What are the other countries, um, it, it, time permitting, what are the other countries that you can think of um, off the top of your head where like you and I have had similar foods? And if I were to travel with you, what countries would I travel with you to to enjoy the food? Dude, you go anywhere south of the border, you will be solid. Okay. From Mexico to Argentina, maybe not Argentina because they eat a lot of beef in Argentina. Okay. That might be a little scary for you. But do they have like chicken? Uh... Everybody's got chicken. Okay. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got chicken. Sometimes those chickens are a little, little creepy because they're waist high and they come after you. Good Lord. I've seen that in the Amazon. That's an amazing thing. Fish. Fish. I've had piranha soup in the Amazon. I've eaten a lot of soup and, and because that's everywhere because it's super cheap, right? Piranha soup? Yeah, and that's a whole other thing. We can do like amazing foods from other places. And I've talked about that. I've had weird foods in other places. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you mentioned the cold soup in the morning. Yeah, cold, well, it was cold soup or hot soup yeah. or whatever. But uh, Still, soup for breakfast is soup weird. For, yeah, soup for breakfast is weird. Um, but for you, anywhere south of the border, you would feel comfortable because it's rice and chicken and spices and... Um, that kind of foods that's right up your alley, even okay. potatoes. It's right up your alley as far as, oh yeah, I'm comfortable with this. And then if you're not sure, there's always a Taco Bell nearby <laughs> <laughs> or a Subway. They're everywhere. Okay. Um, well, with that, with that said, because you said we only have a couple of a uh, couple more moments, um, I, I alluded to um, radio. Seventeen seconds to be exact. Radio tricks. Uh, can we do broadcasting tricks in general? Oh yeah, Great. broadcasting. Because that yeah. way it, it, it opens itself up to more than just the lane of radio. There we go. And that we will do next time.